0: Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. We return to Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex Office Supplies at huge savings. Yeah, Digitex does that. D i g i t e x dot ca on Oilers Radio six thirty. Chad. Wow, the cure and the cult in the opening 35 minutes of Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer with you along with Brendan Escott. Guests on our show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 99.90 Jasper Avenue. Tell Meg and the staff that Oilers Now sent you. All right, uh, look, uh, we appreciate our next guest for his flexibility. Uh, we needed to uh, do a double flip because uh, Craig Simpson was obviously working Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Final, or Stanley Cup Final, the uh, Stanley Cup Series between Boston and Toronto yesterday. And Craig was in the air today, and John Shannon was kind enough to uh, to move out a couple days as we had a best-of show on Monday, and many of you would say that's an oxymoron, the best of Oilers now. But one of our uh, best guests, John Shannon, joins us right now. John, how are you doing?
1: Good Bob, how are
0: you? Uh well, it was a highly entertaining evening last night. That's uh, one oh. thing darn Tooten, right? That was a, that was a uh, was that a Fargo reference? I think it was. Uh, anyhow, that was uh was great theater in both games, frankly.
1: Tell you what, it, it, this has been two weeks like this, though, Bob. Yes. I mean, g- game 7s are something and you're right, it's at another level. But uh, as old as I am and I'm older than dirt, uh, I don't recall a first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs like this. I I really don't. I mean, this has been, to me, short series, long series. This this has been an amazing first round. And I'm not trying to – it's easier to do in Edmonton than it is in Toronto. But if you compare the drama and emotion and the play between the NBA and the National Hockey League, there is no comparison in the first round of the playoffs. 100%.
0: 100%. Uh, and you know what? You had four-game sweeps for you know Columbus stunning Tampa Bay, and obviously the Islanders with Lamarillo and Trotz going in there, taking out the Pittsburgh Penguins. I mean, those were two of the Eastern Conference favorites, even though the Islanders were ahead of them. Let's get to the two games that occurred last night. And obviously, we're, we we got to start with a game out west. Um, yep. And you and me have had lots of conversations about this, and I do believe – in time the laws of averages tend to equal out but i i think if you were a vegas golden knight player or somebody involved in their management or with their organization you would think that you got robbed that was a tough tough call that was made in my opinion and i'd like to get your thoughts on that that, that gave the definitely a, i can live with a minor but the major was a little steep
1: Bob, I, I'm not even sure it was a penalty. There you go. I, I, re, I really am not. Yeah. Um it, it was a, and and it was one of the best referees in the National Hockey League that made the call, uh, which which uh, might be concerning. But I'll tell you what, I I thought, uh, you know, as as bad as the call was, and there's no way that Eakin should have been gone okay let's give if you if, i'll go with you let's give it a two-minute minor
0: sure at the um, most at the most for me it was a okay penalty.
1: but then how the, the 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 loss of composure and i'm not i don't i'm not i'm, I'm not trying to uh, go around the call because it, we're going to discuss it some more yeah but the loss of composure by the golden knights for those Four minutes and 31 seconds was remarkable.
0: Reinforces the need. you got to have centers that can win draws. And they didn't have Belmar, oh. right? And then they didn't yeah, have Aiken. Yeah. And and San Jose, a veteran team. We saw that. Yeah. You know, the Oilers lived it. I, I mentioned it earlier in the show. You know, I, Jack and me in the commercial break, the game the Oilers lost 7 nothing there a couple of years ago, game four of that series. I, I right. thought they might get to 10. Because in that building, and you've been there, Nobody yeah. can go in a feeding frenzy like the sharks in the shark tank.
1: No, no, and, and but here's the interesting thing is that um, when you get to call in a game seven like this a five minute major that will change the course of a game in a series, um, this was this was actually discussed at, at the recent general manager's meetings and brought up on, in the terms of would you, as the managers, would you support, uh, having some sort of review or, or, uh, or discussion, perhaps between the supervisor, uh, and the referees, if it becomes a five-minute major? on a call like this because there are so many of these 5 minute majors you know get called so infrequently like that right why don't we have a why don't we have a safety net and this was brought up by the league and it was the managers that said no nah, there's not going to be many of those so let's not worry about it we want to keep the speed of the game going so so this this is not going to be an issue that the national hockey league now sat here and is going to be reactive the league was proactive on this they tried to put something and tried to suggest something to the managers and it really got ignored uh, in boca raton uh, earlier in march
0: i'll tell you what didn't resonate well with me and this is from jesse granger's twitter Uh, quoting Don Van Massenhoven, the referees called a cross-checking penalty for an infraction that caused a significant injury. In their judgment, the infraction and its result merited a major penalty. I'm sorry, man. To me, that sounds like politically correct gibberish and an excuse.
1: Well, that's what it was. And it was. And and, uh, you know what, Bob? Uh, At the time, I would expect nothing other than Don Van Massenhoven to have... Uh, Dan O'Halloran's back, yeah. And I, I, you know, I mean, that's that's the world you and I live in. I, you may not, uh, you may not be right all the time, but I will always have your back. Um, and then you know, let let the powers that be today discuss it and try to find a way to, to fight their way through it. This is one where I, I I'm I'm not big on video review. I think right. we probably have a bit too much. But when you change the course of a game, as that play did. When the, when the referee tells Gerard Gallant that it was a cross-check across the face and, in fact, it was a cross-check across the lower back, then you've got an issue. And, 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 and the, the, you know, the penalty did not fit the crime, and we have to find a way to fix it.
0: Well, John, I've talked for years on this show and on Total Sports about the fact that when two really good teams go at it, a call can change the outcome. And and there's always the people out there, oh, no, 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 good teams overcome that. But when the margins are and, – and what you're really seeing when you did the comparative analysis between the NBA and the NHL is the margins are tight in the NHL. We have – Gary Bettman does not like using the term parity. He likes using he the doesn't? Ter-
1: He doesn't like to use that word.
0: Well, I personally—were you there when he corrected me after I used it the second time? No. Yeah, we did a event okay. with uh, Gary a couple of years ago. Went very well, by the way. Uh, but competitive balance, and I, and I do think that <laughs> in this, I, I think it has to be stated. We've seen that you know clearly this year in the playoffs, much like we saw back in 05-06 at the start of the salary cap era, when the five, six, seven, and eight seeds out of the West all won their playoff series we have competitive. anybody can beat anybody in the playoffs we are living that firsthand aren't we
1: yes we are and uh, that is the residue of uh, of the hard cap as well uh, and uh, and and that that balance of power that balance of competition is something I think that does one thing that people don't talk about it it creates and drives the importance of the regular season do not Discount winning games in October, November, over or thinking you can pick them up in March. Those games are as important in October, November. It this to me makes the NHL regular season that much better and that much more important.
0: Well, I, I'm living it. The last two years, yeah. right? I
1: mean, you can't. You don't think the people in Montreal right now are thinking that that should be us? Yeah. You know, think about it. I mean, that, they're really the only, this year. They're the only team that was close enough. Uh, to get to the playoffs that that didn't make it. Uh, and I, I'm saying, therefore, the grace of God, goes Montreal.
0: So Epstein's mother, John, has... Oh,
1: there he is. He's back again,
0: huh? It's funny how he just sort of pops up once in a while. Has texted the show to say, Stauffer, you're a hypocrite. You were crushing the NCAA for reviewing non-calls on dangerous hits. And now you're suggesting that a series was cost because of a blown call. And, and I, I got to say, like, when they make a call for a major, I think he should be able to protest. Like, a call like that, when it's as egregious as that, I think they have to invest. Either that or the officials can't be guessing on calls, John.
1: Well, I mean, I, I would like to think that they're not guessing. I, I'd like to think that uh, there was something that, uh, that optically, it, it, Dan O'Halloran was in a position where the stick looked like it was in the head and, and Pavelski's head was low. So it looked like it, and you know, from where he was in the corner, that that was the call to be made. Yep. Uh, and, but, but to me, this one is simple. To me, this one is I made the call, I go to the penalty box, I put the headset on, and I, I, I would actually call this for playoff games only because because there's one difference between regular season and playoffs. There is a series supervisor involved in every playoff series. He was there. Dan, Don Van Asenhoven was there at every game. If they could create a dialogue with him and he could ask simple, he, he, would, he would be able to answer simple questions, yes or no, we would have had the right call on that play, even if it just allowed for the Sharks to have a two-minute minor. And because I think people would live with the two-minute minor. Yep. And then whatever happens happens, and really only one goal is scored on that power play.
0: John, we have. But not... to
1: have four goals scored on the power play. Yeah. And the lack of, but, but then on the other side, you say, okay, you, you, that's fine, a five-minute major, but the loss of composure on the ice by the Knights, to me, was. That, that was telling as well.
0: Confluence of events. Don't have centers yeah. that can win D-zone draws. And you know what? They didn't choke because they scored with an empty net to tie the game. And that took uh, some resiliency as well. Uh,
1: they did. And, and they and they had a chance to win two nights earlier in Vegas at home.
0: Right. That switch focus to the other. We've got 10 minutes. We haven't even talked about the Maple Leafs in Boston. Well, uh,
1: we talked about the most important series.
0: There we go. Uh, Certainly the most important story right now. Um, I picked Toronto, as you know. However, there was one thing I didn't factor in. And right now, Mike Babcock's getting all the heat on him. I want to ask you this, though. Do you believe... If the Maple Leafs would have had Nazem Kadri available for every game in this series, that they would have won the series. Because I think that might. Yeah,
1: no, I, I do. Yeah, I do. Because the
0: margins are that tight. You lose that guy. He's a two-time 30-goal yeah. scorer, John. He's a heck of a player.
1: Oh no, he, he 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 changes a lot of what Mike Babcock is able to use and utilize. Right. Um, that said, that said, Bob, uh, I, I do think that Mike deserves a little bit of blame. Oh yeah. Uh, because. Um, you, you, you know, you. Uh, my, my saying in life is evolve or die. Um, and I don't, I don't think Mike changed one thing in his playbook for seven games. I don't think he changed it. I just said, here's our playbook, here's our playbook, here's our playbook. You have to be able to adapt when the time dictates adaptation. Um, he, and he did not adapt. He would not adapt. Hyman, Tavares, Marner, my go-to line. We'll always use it. We'll always use it. Patrick Marlowe in certain situations. We'll use him in certain situations. There has to be a time to adapt. I mean, uh, how many times this year in Edmonton, both Todd and Ken double shifted Connor when they said, "Well, God, we got to get something going here. Yeah. Let's we got to get Connor out." Ride there. that double horse, right? Connor.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah, it, it, I mean, I mean, ride that horse. I'll tell you what. They could have ridden Austin Matthews a ton more. Yeah. They could have ridden Austin Matthews, and, and here's the other thing: you don't have to play Matthews at center. You can play him on the wing, I mean, and I do think that there there should be some level of criticism leveled to Babcock for not utilizing Austin Matthews better, particularly in Game Seven.
0: As good as uh, you know, Boston's a really good team, but you know what? When Matthews was out there, their defense was threatened. They were on high alert because that guy can score anywhere. Sure.
1: This, Mike Babcock is the most prepared, relentless coach in the national hockey. Preparation, structure, repeat and rinse every time. Does it every time? However, what you have to ask, and, and I, I would say this to him: Where was the feel for the moment? Where was that? There has to be feel, Bob. There was an. You know, where, we, yep. You, you, you and I are in a business where I, I think the reason we're, we still get paychecks is because we have a pretty good feel for what's going on and, and when, to be, when to be angry and when to be critical and when to be fair. I think coaches need to do that, too. And I yeah. think that I, 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 I'm, I, Mike Babcock's feel for what was going on yesterday and perhaps in games 2, 4, and 6 where they lost, he didn't have any feel at, at key times.
0: I'll give you one more. There was an Edmonton guy last night, Tyler Ennis, and he had jump, and he was making plays. He needed, you know, he was more effective than Connor Brown last night. Different wing, I get it. But he was, to me, they should have accelerated his minutes. And the one guy, like, that's how Keenan coached. If you weren't going early for Keenan, like Rob Brown would tell stories about how Keenan sat him after his shift, after warm-up, because he didn't (laughs) like how it, but Babcock, now, saying all that about Babcock, I'm going to throw a curve at you here, John. I know what Pierre Lebrun has reported today, you know, that Mike's in it for the long haul. Uh, That said, you know what? Bruce Boudreaux has another year left in Minnesota as well. Coaches can extricate themselves out of situations, and organizations can push coaches to extricate themselves out of situations. Yep. Uh, Kyle Dubas did not hire Mike Babcock. Mike Babcock, and we've both dealt with him uh, professionally and personally, uh, is a confident man. Could you foresee a scenario where, if an opportunity presented itself, maybe the Leafs might be open to potentially having a conversation in that regard, to opening a window for Mike to maybe approach something else?
1: I worked at Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment for six years. Um, and uh, the, the president and the CEO at the time was a gentleman named Richard Petty. Brilliant businessman. Um, his sports knowledge was a little different, but brilliant businessman. And about this time every year when somebody would say, "Are you, uh, you know, what are you doing with your coach?" and he would say, "Everybody's under review at this time." And you know what? Everybody's under review within the Maple Leaf organization at this time. And I think you have to look at that and what and and whether and and this this is where Brendan and Kyle have to be on the same page whether we think the organization can Place. Are, is, is the team going to be better with the same philosophy that they had this year? Um, and, and only Kyle and Brendan can answer that question. Okay.
0: There you go. But you're not ruling it out.
1: No, of course I'm not ruling it out. No, okay. not at all. I think I, I, I think from the moment training camp started, there was pressure on one person. This season for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yep, and it was Mike Babcock. Agreed. More pressure on Babcock than anybody else in the organization, more than the the general manager, more than the president, and certainly more than the players who are on guaranteed deals.
0: All right, switching focus to Edmonton, and maybe we did a little bit of that in the previous uh, little bit of a diatribe that we shared there. Uh, you and uh, and uh, Darren Drager, two uh, guys uh, who have put some stuff out over the last several weeks. Maybe I'll let Friedman a little bit as well. On yeah. the on the uh, managerial hunt, Bob Nicholson has been. It's been. I think we can agree. It's been fairly quiet. Uh, <laughs> Kelly, McCrim- are you
1: kidding me? It's it's been stealth. Nicholson yeah. has gone stealth on everyone.
0: Kelly McCrimmon uh, spotted over at uh, the U18s uh you know some people would say well now the orders would have permission you never some some organizations you know if kelly had committed himself to going to the u18s for vegas maybe there might have been permission even if vegas had been ext- uh, you know gone on he, he just needed to get back from the u18s you don't know that exactly 100 percent. but uh where do you think we're at right now in this process i ask you this question every appearance you make on the show here over the last couple of weeks
1: yeah, I, I think that uh, what we're, we're going to start hearing maybe in a week from now is that there is, um, there is a final list uh, and whether there's two, three, four people on that final list. Uh, I do believe that uh, uh, Bob has done uh, many interviews with uh, a longer list, uh, perhaps up to ten people. Uh, and um, and Bob is probably now in the process of trying to figure out what the next step is. And, and, and it's interesting, you talk about Kelly being at the uh, under 18s, and in fairness, uh, Mark Hunter was at the under 18s. Uh, Ken Holland was at the under 18s. And obviously, uh, Keith teams uh, Most teams, Keith, most teams Keith, yes. yeah. 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 Most, most teams are at the under 18s at this time. And the other thing to keep in mind is that uh, um, in, in the process of asking permission to talk to people, that are working for teams that are still in the playoffs. What what is the normal procedure is that uh, that permission will probably be granted at the end of a series. Yes. Even if the team goes forward. Which is what we just. go so, yeah. So what would probably happen at a certain point is if if permission if Bob feels that the permission is needed, uh, the, then that request will take place uh, and will be granted. Or 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 by the way, or may not be granted.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, it's going to be. Uh, and We should mention Keith Gretzky's over there. For those of you who wonder, well, why is uh, Mark Hunter there? He's there as part of Hockey Canada. He is the general manager for uh, Team Canada's World Junior team. I mean,
1: he's also there. He's also there. When you think about, uh, uh, you know, he still owns the most successful uh, uh, hockey team in uh, Canada without a salary cap in the London Knights. Um, some, and, and, uh, some, and they some, recruit 17 year olds from Europe to play there too.
0: Some would say that uh, the London Knights, the Quebec Ramparts, and the P- Portland Winterhawks have had a salary cap, John. I'm just having some fun with you there. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: you're not cheating if you're not trying,
1: right? No, <laughs> so, nah, I Check who's going to the
0: Memorial Cup. Yeah, well, unfortunately for them, they blew a 3-0 lead in their series. But uh, I
1: know. Evan, I know.
0: Yeah, uh, but Evan Bouchard uh, made his way down to uh, Bakersfield, off to a good start there. John, great stuff. Thanks for your time. We'll hook up next week, okay?
1: Okay, Bob. Have a great week.
0: You bet. That is John Shannon from NHL Hockey and Rogers. It's 1255 in Edmonton. We are going to uh, head off to a global news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwin. And when we come back in Oilers now, uh, we're going to open the phone lines. Get your thoughts. Does the NA, did, did the Vegas Golden Knights do they get screwed last night? Could you believe that call, or did Vegas do it to themselves? Is there no way they should have given up the four goals against? Do you have empathy for the position? Could you imagine if that had happened? Well, oh, wait, we've kind of have experienced that in Edmonton, up three nothing against Anaheim in Game Five, and then seeing the Ducks score three goals. And there was at least one disputed one that many fans thought the orders were jobbed on of that. We still have a, a couple of other haters at Texas. Starvery, you keep bringing it. Well, you know what? It's a factor. Tough calls. They happen. Also, the Maple Leafs. Disappointed they're out? I hazard a guess. I'm also going to read you a tweet that made me laugh. Really made me laugh about it. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Again, let's head off to uh, Global News Weather Traffic Update. We'll be back uh, with more at 1 o'clock. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.